Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. An executive is a role. That's a title. Yes. Um, and, a, and a leader is a behavior, right? So anybody in an organization, regardless of title, could be a leader. And an executive doesn't necessarily mean they're a leader. Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Well, I hope all is well with you today. It is another beautiful day here in North Carolina, and this episode is brought to you by our sponsors, Habit Stack, Ignite Management Services, and Liberty Strength. These sponsors help me bring these shows to you each and every week, so I encourage you to click on their links below and check them out. Also, I want to encourage you to join us on our growing YouTube channel. Search for Deep Leadership on YouTube for videos of all my interviews and exclusive content. Well, that is it. Today, we're going to be talking about how to be a leader and not just a manager, and my guest is Sonia Shelton. Sonia is the author of the number one Amazon best-selling book, You're an Executive, But Are You a Leader? In this conversation, she breaks down the difference between a manager and a leader. If you've been wondering how to make the shift to become a true leader in your organization, this is your episode. So are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Sonia Shelton. Sonia is the CEO of Executive Leadership Consulting. She founded this company in 2007 with a passion for partnering with leaders and high achievers to create a clear vision and build work environments where employees are fulfilled and completely committed to their organization's success. She is the author of the number one Amazon bestselling book, You're an Executive, But Are You a Leader? The Executive Simple Guide to Creating, Communicating, and Achieving the Vision. In this book, Sonia helps readers understand the hidden practices that allow leaders to move people to action, ignite their passions, and inspire them to do better. I'm excited to have her on the show to learn from her experiences. So, Sonia, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for our conversation. It is so nice to meet you, and I'm excited to talk about uh, what is a leader? What makes a leader? So, uh, and 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 just to get your perspective on all this. So, but before we dive into the book and dive into uh, the work that you do, tell us a little bit about what uh, what you do at Executive Leadership Consulting. 
Why, uh, why do clients seek you out? What's your specialty? So we work with organizations and leaders at connecting their business strategy with their organizational culture. So leadership is a big part of that, but culture has a lot of different dimensions. So we start with purpose and then connect that purpose through everything that they do as a company and then ultimately create a passionate culture. I like this. <laughs> I can tell we're going to have a fun conversation. So culture is interesting. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about what what culture means from 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 your perspective and and how you train uh, leaders to think about culture. Yeah, so I think that culture has a lot of misconceptions, right? So so we say culture is everything that you do in an organization, right? Mm-hmm. So um, starting with your strategy, there's that famous quote, culture eats strategy for breakfast. Um, And we say, no, that doesn't. Um, We disagree with that. They actually need to have breakfast together. And your strategy also contributes to your culture, right? So so what your goals are, what your vision is, your priorities, that all connects to your culture, Um, your processes, how you decide who you're going to hire, how you decide who you're going to promote, how you're structured, how decisions are made, all of those things contribute to the culture, right? So it's not, I think some people think, oh, we're going to improve the culture. We're going to add some perks. We're going to get people together and have social time. And all of those things matter and they and they do help, but they're not going to shift a culture, right? So it's, it's going to contribute to it, but it's not going to shift it. You have to look at every dimension of the organization to shift the culture. That makes a lot of sense. Now, what type of companies are you working with? Are these smaller companies, bigger companies, midsize? Are all of the above? All of the above. We've we've worked with all sizes, different industries, um, different geographical locations. We're we're really about our sweet spot is about fast growing companies. So companies who who really um, they need to be able to have everybody on the same page really quickly, be, or they're not going to be able to continue to grow as fast as they are. Um, or you know, sometimes we've seen growth. Um, actually destroy companies if they're growing too fast and they don't have everything in place and that alignment in place to make, to withstand that growth. I, you know, from experience, I can tell you, I, I tripled the size of a business once and that was the hardest thing I've ever done. And, and you would think that growth is easy, but it's not. And one of the biggest challenges was culture, was to, with the new people joining the organization is to, to keep the, the culture that made us special, that made us grow, keep that alive. That was the biggest challenge. Growth, see people who are probably listening and you're like, no, growth is easy. It's harder when you're, when maybe you have to turn a business around. Well, I've turned many businesses around and I think it's easier to turn a business around than it is to grow. I, I really, that was a, that was one of the hardest things I've ever done. So it's interesting that you've honed in on fast growing companies because that is a major leadership challenge. Yeah, and I think sometimes, um, leaders or executives don't think about that, right? Like as you're growing, the people who are in place leading the company, you know, in manager positions and director positions, they're as, as they're bringing in more people, their leadership needs to evolve. Right. And, and they need to do, and they need to do it fast. Right. So they don't have a lot of development time. So we can help, you know, look at how do you, you know, how do you grow those people into the next level of leadership that they need to be operating with? But then also looking at how do you keep all the things that made you, you, you know, connecting, staying connected to your purpose and making sure people understand, you know, what's the plan and, and 
are these the right processes based on where we're going? You know, l- looking at all of those dimensions to make sure that um, that you're you're maintaining that culture. We worked with an organization a number of years ago where they had a really strong, um, really strong culture as a startup. And then they grew up into sort of more of a mid-sized company, about $500 million. And they um, brought in a whole new executive team because that's re- what's required to get them to the next level. They would have come, a billion-dollar company requires different types of leaders. And they brought those people in and really just killed the culture. Yeah. And, um, and you know, you bring in all of these corporate executives from big companies and and they weren't aligned to what the company stood for and they didn't have that same heart that the, the the teams had right and it was so we came in and sort of helped them turn that around and get back to who they were and their purpose and and be able to align to keep to keep growing but also to and put those structures in place but to also remember who they are yeah there's a there's a term called founders intent you know what what was the what were the founders of this company what did they intend to do you know, and sometimes it gets gets lost as, you know, the company grows, more people come in, they come from the outside, they have a different way of seeing things. And it's like, you've got to kind of go back to that. What was the intent when we founded this company? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. easy when you're small because the founder is still there. Like in my company, I'm the founder, I'm still there. What's the intent? Well, just let's go ask John. He's right, in the, he's right over there, right? But when you go or when the company, you know, when there's six layers between me and, you know, the worker on the shop floor and me, it's hard to get, be able to have that conversation. So yeah, it's definitely a hard thing that you lose that that sense of who we are as you get bigger, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's really yeah, good. I, so, go ahead. I had, uh, I had the privilege of working for the Walt Disney Company before I started executive leadership consulting. So I've really seen the best of the best in maintaining that, right? The legacy of Walt, what Walt Disney was trying to do yeah what he wanted the company to do and how long that, w- that the company was able to sustain that um, even after his passing. Right. And, and just really learn from the best of the best on how to do that. Yeah. That's a great, great, powerful example of, of founders intent staying for gener- for generation. Well, that's a generation, but certainly for decades, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of the trends, the workplace trends that you're seeing today? You know, I think we're kind of in an interesting time. John, when we're um, post-pandemic, we're in a time of uncertainty like mm-hmm. we've never seen before, right? Yeah. We, there's a lot of uncertainty about the economy, uncertainty about the pace of change, that we're, we're changing things so fast. Every industry that we work with, from nonprofits to tech, right, doesn't matter, everything and everything in between, they're, ha- they're experiencing more change than they've ever experienced. And um, there was a number of years ago, there was a, a IBM executive who said, uh, um, we've, we've never seen the pace of change this fast and we'll never see it this slow again. That's and, it, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> right? yeah. and, and he was absolutely right. I think that was like four or five years ago that he said that and it's absolutely been true. And so I think what we're seeing in the workplace is a real need for clarity and alignment and a connection to purpose, because what we're also seeing is a big increase in burnout. And so, so when you know we've done a lot of research, and this concerns me quite a bit, um, that you know, I think there's almost eighty percent of employees say that they're experiencing 
some kind of burnout at work, mm-hmm. that's serious, right? So, um, so really helping organizations to understand how to deal with that burnout, how to prevent that burnout, and the, <clears throat> a lot of it is uh, is simple. Excuse me. Um, where it is really connecting to to what is your purpose as an organization, like we were saying, but also providing a lot of clarity. Mm. That doesn't mean that we can get through the uncertainty. You know, we work we work with companies on strategic planning, and we used to do strategic plans that were three years out. Yeah, yeah. And we we really can. I mean, we can make us something up about what things could go look like three years from now. But most industries. We can't we can't predict where we're going to be three years from now, right? So, yeah. um, but we can have areas of focus that are going to grow us toward our vision and connect to our purpose. So, really, ha- you know, having that connection to purpose for every single person in the organization and the clarity of where we're going is going to help to navigate the uncertainty and also empower them to say, "This is connected to our purpose, or it isn't," or "This isn't really where we're going." And so, I can I can raise up those areas that maybe processes need to change based on where we're going because that maybe that's what we used to do in the past, but it's not going to get us where we want to go next. Yeah, that's a, that's a really, it's really, you've, you've hit on some really important things that I see as well too. You know, it's, it's funny because I, you know, I was took a, took a course on leading change recently and, you know, John Cotter's got the stage gate model of how to, how to, how to change an organization. And it's like, that's great if you're doing one change initiative. And what I found in my corporate life is like, I was doing like eight different change initiatives at any point in time. And that was before, you know, this is before the past five years of, as you say, so much uncertainty, so much, uh, you know, just just things are changing, evolving at a faster and faster pace to the point where there is no, there is no uh, defined projects that like you have to deal with all the change all the time. And, and one of the things I've been thinking about is this idea of um, we need to build resiliency in our organization so that we can be able to handle whatever comes at us. You know, like like a Navy SEAL teams are trained, for example, uh, in, in how to execute no matter what happens, right? So they're trained to be innovative and to work together to solve problems and to accomplish the mission regardless of what comes at them. And I think this idea of being resilient is something I've been thinking a lot about is like, how do we build organizations that are that are more resilient? Because burnout, you mentioned burnout and stress and all that, that takes you out of the game, right? So when an employee is stressed out and they're burnt out, so just like that Navy SEAL team, we've taken one of the one of the operators out of the equation. And so then you can't perform at your top level. So how do we build resiliency? And one of the ways that you mentioned it's really important is what's our common purpose? What's our goal? What's our what's our North star? What's our mission? Because sometimes we get confused with, ah, I've got eight projects and now I got COVID and supply chain. I got inflation. I got a war in Europe. I got a, you know, I got a war in Israel and it's like, ah, you know, so I think you're right that we were overwhelmed. So I think part of the job of the leader is to slow down. This is what we're here for. This is our purpose. This is what we need to do and get people back home on the right, uh, the right page. Is that, that, uh, what you see as well too? Yes, absolutely. I think, um, and I love how you connected the SEAL team mission to the purpose, because that's exactly what I say, right? Like they they really have a strong mission. And when we have that, we know why we're doing what we're doing. We can get through anyhow, right? Yeah, so yeah. so the, the um, 
you know, and I and I use examples just from our personal lives, right? Like for moving to a new house, if we're getting married, having a child, right? Like that, all those things are massively yeah. changing our lives, whatever, any of those three things. But we're so excited about it, <laughs> right? And we, right. and we, because we know why we're doing it. There's a purpose behind it. And we're so passionate about that, that all of the challenges and stress that comes around, uh, uh, along with it, we just get through it, right? right because right. we can see the end goal and we we have that, that we're really clear about why we're doing what we're doing, right? And I think for organizations to have that same connection to the purpose, so you, you put purpose and clarity together, then that's, that creates passion. And then passion we can get through challenges when we have passion we're we want to break those challenges like you were saying for the seal teams they're passionate about what they're doing yeah and yeah. and the and it's just you know they they almost embrace the challenges because yeah. mission is so important and organizations may think well we're not doing the same level of thing as a seal team but actually when you connect to your purpose that way you are yeah, yeah, you are absolutely. It's your purpose. It's your mission. It's your, and again, it, I often say this: that leadership is about uh, motivating a group of people to get something done. And and I and I find I found my time in corporate was we weren't doing any of those three. We weren't motivating people towards a goal. We were doing everything else. We were putting in new HR systems and new ERP, ERP systems. We were, you know, getting certified in some external, you know, credit. We were, and I was like, we we need to get back to motivating people to accomplish the goal. What is the goal? Communicate the goal. Here's what we need to do. Here's what, you know, here's what you, everyone, you know, everyone's part of this mission and we, and we need each of you, you know, being strong in your field of expertise to help us achieve the mission. That's what we get, but, but we get lost and we get lost in all this stuff. So I think clarity, like you say, is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think understanding what motivates people Right. So um, it's not going to be the same for every person. Yeah, yeah. So how do you connect what motivates them and what drives them and their personal why to the yeah. company why? Right. So that's that's one aspect. And then understanding, you know, are they passionate? They might be passionate about the purpose, but are they passionate about their role in it? Do they even understand their role in it and their importance of their role in it? To, to be passionate about it, right? So um, so it requires both. It's not just the purpose of the company, but also working at the individual level, what, what drives that person? What's their why? And then how do you connect that to the company so that they're fulfilled in what they do and they're connected and then they'll do anything for you, right? Because that's they're, they're more interested, yeah. right? Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little story that ties into it. I took over a manufacturing plant that was making, we were making circuit breakers. And we we're, and um, I remember when I first started going on the shop floor talking to operators, I asked them what they did. And they said, well, I paint this part. I plate this part. I machine this part. I assemble these parts. And I was like, what do those parts do? And they said, well, I don't know. It's some sort of a mechanism. And so they didn't really know what they were doing. And, uh, you know, I was talking with the leadership team. I was like, I, I think our employees they they're good at what they do, but they don't know what they're doing and how it connects to the greater purpose. And so we spent a lot of time thinking about how do we communicate that. And one of the things that we came up with was that we help keep the lights on. That was the message that we we gave. And it was then we then I started talking about it in all employee meetings, like like you know we keep the lights on for hospitals and supermarkets in in schools where your kids go to school. And and we started talking about the importance of what we do and why how it helps society. 
And it was almost like overnight, a light ball, a light switch was flicked and everybody was like, oh, I, I help keep the lights on. I don't just plate or paint or I, I, we, well, I'm keeping the lights on. And it was almost like you can go home, your, your, your employees could go home at night and tell their, tell their family, what did you do today? Well, you know, strangely enough, I, I help keep the lights on. <laughs> like, and I would tell them projects, we're working on this airport. And so we're supplying all the, all the circuit breakers for this airport. So they'll say, well, like the Denver airport has all, like I built the product that's lighting the Denver airport. And it's like, you're connecting them to the purpose. And, and, um, and it changed, it almost changed overnight, the culture and what people, how people looked at their jobs. I think that's, that's an important thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. And connecting the dots to how did the lights not turn on without this part you're building? Yeah. How, yeah. Did, the, how did lights not turn on without this smoothing that you're doing, right? Like, like the, the, each piece all the way down to the, to the granular level yeah. for manufacturing, like you're talking about without one thing, nothing works. Nothing right? works. Yeah. There, everyone's right? a, yeah. Everyone's right? a, an important part of this, uh, this mission. And I think that that was really an interesting thing to see because it was, uh, it really changed the attitude almost overnight in that organization about what they were doing. It gave them a sense of purpose that they, yeah. they didn't necessarily have. They were good at what they did, but they didn't connect it to the greater purpose. And I think that helped out in that, that case. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. As a leader, you're responsible for the mission and the people assigned to you. Regardless of the size of your team, employees are depending on you for their lives and careers. For the sake of your team and the people who entrust you with this role, you need to master the skills to become a great leader. Best-selling leadership author John Rennie is proud to introduce the Qualified Leadership Book Series. This new series teaches you how to become a people-centered leader. Great leaders know that employees who are respected, appreciated, and allowed to grow will go the extra mile. These books provide real-world leadership wisdom written from a hands-on perspective. If you want to be a more effective leader, this is the one book series you should read this year. This three-book series contains the following best-selling leadership books. I Have the Watch, You Have the Watch, and All in the Same Boat for one low price of $39.99. Begin your journey to become a leader worth following. Go to johnsrenny.com and get your order in today. This episode is brought to you by Habit Stack. Effective leaders make a habit of working on important goals no matter how busy they feel. Habit Stack software helps leadership teams build that habit. The system guides you to set crystal clear goals, align your tasks to those goals, and make progress every week. I use Habit Stack and I absolutely love it. It's such an easy tool to use, and I love how it reinforces the right habits with my leadership team. Habit Stack is free to use. It's so simple that you get the hang of it in just five minutes. Go to habitstack.com to get started. This episode is brought to you by Ignite Management Services. Ignite is led by Mike Watson, who you might remember from episode 137. Mike and his team believe that everything starts with leadership, whether it's strategy execution or cultural transformation. It's the role of the leader to create the conditions for their people to succeed. The team at Ignite can help you develop critical habits to enhance your leadership capability and transform your business. Ignite Management is now offering the Resilient Leadership Assessment Tool. 
This is an online questionnaire designed to assess and guide leadership development, coaching, and team building. It provides leaders an opportunity to gain insights into their leadership strengths and development needs. After taking this assessment, you will receive a custom detailed report that provides practical and actionable recommendations to enhance your effectiveness. I have taken this assessment myself and found it to be extremely valuable in helping me make changes to my leadership approach. Right now, Ignite is offering 15% off the price of this tool to the deep leadership audience. Go to ignitemanagement.ca and enter the code START15 at checkout to get started today. This episode is brought to you by Jeremy Clevenger at Liberty Strength. As a high-performing leader, you know that leadership isn't about telling people what to do. It's about leading by example. And for most people, the one area that they are lacking when it comes to leading by example is their health and fitness. By improving your health and fitness, every other area of your life improves. Your energy skyrockets, your sleep improves, your confidence increases, and more. But how can you get and stay fit as a busy leader? Well, you do what you've always done. You hire the best people for the job. Don't struggle on your own. Put liberty strength in your corner. Jeremy and his team will work with you to take your physique, mindset, nutritional habits, and more to the next level with his step-by-step, all-inclusive coaching program. I've worked with Liberty Strength for the past two years, and I'm in the best shape of my life, and I'm still hitting strength personal records at 56 years old. If you want to step up your game, reach out to Jeremy at libertystrengthtx.com to find out more and get your initial consultation scheduled with him today. So I want to talk about the book. Uh, your book is called You're an Executive, But Are You a Leader? I love the idea for that title. So um, so the million-dollar question, what's the difference between an executive and a leader? Well, an executive is a role. That's a title. Yes. Um, and, a, and a leader is a behavior, right? So anybody in an organization, regardless of title, could be a leader. And an executive doesn't necessarily may, mean they're a leader, right? And so... I I came up with the title to be provocative because at the executive level, I think sometimes we think, well, because I have this title, I have this title of CEO, therefore I'm a leader because I have this title. Um, And not necessarily, right? Sometimes, and I've even seen it in organizations where in a time of change, for example, you know, uh, an executive is, is leading a change or driving a change. And the but is not necessarily acting like a leader through it, but being more directive and maybe operating through fear. And then leaders of the organization who don't have titles start to lead resistances. <laughs> right, right. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> right, <laughs> I right. Seen that before. <laughs> yes, yes. Right. So, um, so it's it's making sure, like you said, you know, how are you motiv- motivating people towards the goal? And I would say also empowering them to join the purpose, right? Join the mission. And um, so it doesn't feel punitive, but feels more in the, enrolling. And that's that's where passion comes from. That's where inspiration comes from. Um, when I see when organizations are are going through a lot of stress, it's kind of like in the human body, right? When When in the human body, we're under stress, all of our energy goes to the limbs. Yeah, yeah. So that we can run or fight or freeze, right? Um, when an organization and organizations, and I see this all the time when we're working with companies, right? If they're if they're under a lot of stress, there's a lots of busyness and lots of running around and lots of conversations and meetings, 
and not a lot of traction. <laughs> right? Yeah, right? Totally. right? Yes. <laughs> so I was in a role like that once where all I was, I just went to meetings all the time and it was just high stress and meetings. And I felt like a gerbil on a treadmill or whatever. I on a wheel, you know, I felt like I never, we're never getting anywhere. We're just having meetings all the time and running around panicking. And, and yeah, I'd been there. It's, it's a terrible place to work when you're yeah. in that mode. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's research that's been done that, that the number one thing that people want from their job is to feel like they're well-led and headed in the right direction. Mm, yeah, so yeah. so we understand what we're doing here. We understand why we're doing it. And we know where we're going, right? That's what they want to know. And so, um, so I wrote the book specifically for leaders on helping them understand what's the difference between just having the title and actually leading an organization. And I, I, it includes um, 50 chapters, so uh, 50 tips, right, around how to create one vision, um, uh, one vision and one direction so that, uh, and also one voice, right, so that that we are all moving in the same direction and we're all on the same page and aligned to really accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. And then I put in, you know, my, um, my work with my clients is confidential, so I wasn't able to put uh, actual names, but I created composites of different clients and Perfect. companies. Yeah. And use them as as case studies for each of the fifty tips, and um, and then the coaching questions that I would I would ask that client, right? So it's really designed to be something um, for leaders who who maybe can't have a coach yet, or um, they, where they they can actually apply it. And it's like working with a coach; they can pick, they can read it cover to cover, or they can jump into wherever their challenges are and take it from there. I like that. I like that. What do can you share maybe a a little bit of a of a story of where maybe a company uh that um kind of got got you know got their vision right, got their um purpose right and and maybe made a shift or do you have any stories like that in the book? Um yes, absolutely. And and more at the individual level, right? Okay. So so how does how does a leader make that happen? Yeah, I guess that's what I'm thinking of. Like, how do you do it when you're you step in? Like, I've stepped into roles. I'm like, oh shoot, this is just pure chaos here, and I've got to some somehow, you know, wrangle everybody in one direction. So I'm curious, how, how do you do it? Yeah, so it, it all starts with you, right? So we we work in concentric circles. So starting with the individual leader, what's your personal why? What's your style? What's your vision for yourself and what you're trying to accomplish here? I love this, right? Because that's going to drive. That's going to keep you motivated when things are hard, and they will be, right? And then looking out at the team, for the leadership team, what's their why? Mm. Are they aligned to the vision? Are they aligned to the strategy? Are they, are, do they, are they clear about roles and responsibilities? And, and are they aligned to those, right? Are they aligned to the values? Like every aspect of the culture, are they, do they trust each other, right? And we, we work with a leadership team because you can't really create a culture shift without shifting the leadership team, right? Otherwise you have silos happening and resistance, like I said, right? So if you don't, if you don't have that alignment within the leadership team, then you could go out to the organization and say, okay, so now how do we make sure that everybody understands the vision? Is the whole organization clear about it? Do they, um, do they understand what our purpose is? Do they know their role in it? Um, mm. Do, how, do they understand? Are they empowered to question 
processes and look for continuous improvement? Do they understand how decisions are made? Do they, do we know how and, and why we're hiring people, how and why we're promoting people? Um, and, and do they trust the organization? So not only do they trust each other, but do they trust the organization? Yeah. <laughs> All those things are, they're, they're, they're essential, but they're, they're tough to do. I mean, it's, it, it's a lot of work to do that. And, um, and I think, but as you say, the leaders do that. That's what they do. They come in and sort of, I would say, I know this may sound weird, but we we bring order to chaos. Like when we come in, like when I come into a business, a lot of times I'm like, oh shoot, like I there's a lot of things out of control here. And so like, how do you bring everything into some sort of an order where it all makes sense? Because because a lot of times, a lot of times when I come come into a business, it's it's been let go. And so I've always I was always the turnaround guy. So I was always the guy coming in like, okay, what do I need to do here? You know, like what are the big issues? Where are the people problems? Where are the process problems? Where's the where's the market problems? Where's our product? You know, all these things I'm thinking about. But um, but once you have that, then you say, I think what you're saying is that alignment is critical. And like just from my experience, when you have alignment, there's a less noise in the system. Everybody's sort of working on the same things at the same time, and there's less uh less there's I would call task conflict. So you're trying to find the best ways to do it. But the interpersonal conflict goes away because you're kind of, like you say, you build trust, you're working towards a common goal, and and you're you're less of that interpersonal conflict and more about let's get the job done. So yeah, alignment really does take take some of the um, noise out of the system and makes things a little easier to do as a leader once you have sort of alignment and things are moving and you're not having to manage every little piece. So things manage on their own once you have that right. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and and it's not about not having conflict at all, right? I think what you're yeah. talking about is more like personalities, right? right. Uh, so it's not about not have, but we can have con- conflict in ideas, yes. right? Yeah. So so how do we debate to make things better? How do we look for innovation and challenge each other to make things better? Can absolutely be part of the culture in a, a very um, healthy and constructive way. And that that was one of the things that I learned from Walt Disney whenever he would have two people that didn't get along, he would immediately put them on a project together. And he, he said, that's because that's because that's where the magic happens, right? They're coming, yeah. from, they see the world very differently. They're coming at it from different places. And then they create a third thing that is amazing, right? So, um, so, so it really is, there's alignment towards the purpose and the vision, but then how we get there, we can debate and, 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 um, and come up with the best ideas. I love that. So one of the things I saw that I didn't know, so I was going to ask you, uh, red thread leadership. What is red thread leadership? So red thread leadership is our model at Executive Leadership Consulting okay. on um, on creating a culture. So it has f- five Ps. I think I've mentioned them all, but maybe not in order, right? <laughs> so so um, the first P is purpose. So starting with, you know, what's your purpose as an organization? Why do you do what you do? Um, at the individual level, at the team level, at the company level. And then um, from there, we look at your plan. So what's your vision? What's your strategy? What's your goals? And then and then the third P is process, right? So do we have the right processes in place to be able to achieve our strategy and goals? And then the fourth one is positions, which is how are we structured? How are decisions made? Um, how are we organized? And how do we decide who to hire? And when, 
Um, and, and how do we decide who to promote and when? And then the fifth P is uh, what what is passion, which is our word for culture, because we believe that cultures can be um, can be passionate, and that's where we re- really look at you know um, what do you stand for, building trust, how do you work together, and creating that alignment towards the purpose. I love it. Yeah, I I, I understand. <laughs> I understand yeah. red thread leadership. I never heard <laughs> of it before, but it makes a lot of sense. And I was just talking about that coming into a business. I think about these things. Because I notice, you know, when, like I said, when things are unaligned and the business is doing poor and I get brought in to, to turn it around, these are the things I'm thinking about. And these are the things I'm trying to get my hands around because, yeah, it's like, okay, I've got to bring this into something that makes sense. And sometimes it's hard to do. Uh, and um, one of the things I, I talk about in my books is I, one of the things I do is I spend as many time, much like time I can with each individual in the entire organization having a one-on-one interview. And I always say, you know, what's working well here? What, what needs to change? And if you were in my shoes, what would you do first? Those three questions. And I end up getting, like, if I, if I interview 170 people or 200 people, I end up getting, like, some real themes that I can work on. Like, oh, shoot, this is what everyone thinks is broken. So this is maybe where I should spend some time. And this is where you know, where it's working pretty good. Maybe I don't need to spend a lot of time there. So it's really helpful talking to the team and getting to understand wh- where they think we are in these, you know, these five Ps, because I think that's important too, is, is, to, is to not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Some people, some leaders come in and they say, well, they throw it out. They're like, we're going to go my way. It's like, well, mm-hmm. wait, wait, we have something, you know, maybe it's not all working right, but but there's some good threads in here that we have to sort of keep, you know, and I think that's uh, that's part of it as well. But I really like this this process for sure. Yeah, and is and and it's also keeping it going, right? So mm-hmm. so I love your process. That's exactly what we do with new executives coming into a role is we ha- in, invite them to do exactly what you just said. Yeah. Then continuing it, right? So once you have those those changes in place and you're turning things around, how are you continuing to circle back and make sure that you're getting input along the way? Because when you're leading a company, you you can't know everything, right? Yeah. And and even your leadership team can't know everything, right? So being able to just touch base with people along the way, and so how are things going? What do you see now, right? Um, just on a on a not an everyday basis, but maybe you know quarterly or a couple times a year, you have you cycle through every person then as well. I love that. I love that, Sonia. What final message would you like to leave with our listeners? So I would say, you know, just connect to your why. You know, for for us, we agree with Simon Sinek to start with why um, and making sure that whether you're connecting to the why of your company, which would be your purpose, or the why of an, a change or a decision that you're making, just always come back to starting with why. Why are we doing this? And that's how you get people aligned. Wow, fantastic. Uh, listeners, I hope you heard that. Uh, connect with your why. Do you know what your why is? Do you know what your organization's why is? Do you know what your leadership's team's why is? And if you don't know, that might be a good place to get started. Uh, so very good. Um, how can listeners find out more about you, uh, this book, and all the services you provide? So everything one-stop shop is at our website, which is executiveleader.com. We have a lot of free resources on there. We have recorded webinars. Yeah, the book is on there um, and how you can get to the book. A lot, a, hundreds of blog articles on thought leadership. And, and that's where we keep up with um, you know, sharing the latest, latest research. 
There's a webinar on the Red Thread Leadership Model as well that's free. People can go on there and understand, you know, how how um, how to do it. Um, companies that have done it well and and um, and can execute from there. Fantastic. We'll put a link in the show notes for that. And again, listener, did you hear what she said? It's free. So there is free information out there that will help you get better. And you can get the book and it may be just a little bit of money, <laughs> but get the book as well. And you're going to get deeper into these uh, these topics and really understand these 50 topics in a lot deeper uh, level. And also hear those uh, those stories from companies that have done it and the success that they've had or what they learned through that process. So absolutely get the book. The link's in the show notes. I highly encourage you to go out there, learn from the people that have been there and done that. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Sonia's got some great resources on her website. Go there, get it, get the book, and you're going to be a better leader because of it. Uh, Sonia, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for sharing all this information. This has been fantastic, and I know it's going to help all of our listeners. Thank you so much for inviting me. I enjoyed our conversation. Absolutely. I enjoyed it as well. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives' activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the Interviews. Electric Acid.